This is the Alchemy of Art podcast, episode 69, The Alchemy of Color. A quote of the day was said by Georgia O'Keeffe. She said, I found I could say things with color and shapes that I couldn't say any other way. Things I had no words for. Hello, everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives. Alchemy is the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another, and we all do this every day. Whether you are a painter, a sculptor, a baker, or a gardener, every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. I am an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and The Alchemy of Art Stories for the Classroom. When this podcast first started, it was to share stories just about artists, and then it morphed into artist interviews, and now I've expanded it um, so that our topics of discussion include ways which everyone, not just artists, but everyone can harness their creative energy. Announcements. If you'd like to receive inspiring artwork and updates on my juicy new projects sent straight to your inbox, please visit my website at studioalchemy.art and sign up for my art newsletter. I recently created a new free mini lecture that's called Seven Secrets to Finding Your Creative Voice. And if you want to find your creative voice and you want to hear what I had to say about that topic, you can currently receive this free mini lecture by signing up for my art newsletter at uh, studioalchemy.art. Since I currently can't have in-person classes in my art studio in Indianapolis, I've created some fresh new online classes such as creative art journaling, inspiring art and writing prompts to help you find balance in times of transition. Um, but there's more than just that. I've got uh, I've got one on the business of art. I've got one on tree painting, um, so on and so forth. So, uh, and there's several other free classes that are on my online class website that you can link through studioalchemy.art. And so, if you want to just get a taste, you know, there's the how to paint a rose one, and you want to see the process and how I videotape the painting instruction give it a try. Um, right now, I am recording this on November 10th, 2020. In just a few days, November 12th through the 16th, there's a very special sale going on that's called Art Bundles for Good. I was honored to be asked to be part of this. It's been, it's been going on for, I think, five years or so. And um, what it is, is a bunch of artists get together and it's, it's like a hundred different artists, including a few that we've had here on the podcast, like Flora Boli, Tamara Laporte, so on and so forth. Over a hundred artists contribute online classes to this um, bundle where you can, for a very low price of $97, get a bunch of art classes for that 
low price. So it's over $4,000 worth of online classes, but you can get it for just $97. And um, not only is that just I mean, an amazing deal, and if, if you're wanting to you know, spend this winter improving your art and um, getting creative, get your creative juices flowing and all of that, this could be a great way to sign up for a bunch of different classes. You can kind of pick and choose which ones you want to try. You might find new artists who you want to take all their online classes or, you know, just learn from the variety. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible package. And in addition to getting a whole bunch of online classes for much lower price than it would be if you had bought them all individually, um, a portion of the proceeds go to support um, a an organization called Courageous Kitchen, which helps refugees in Thailand. So I will have the link to that in the show notes for today's um, podcast. And again, you have to buy it between November 12th and 16th, 2020. This is something they do every year. So you could always sign up to get um, the information about next year but if you want to get it this year it's it's a very small window when you got to buy it so i encourage you to do so all right for now for our topic of the day which is color color the alchemy of color now of course as an artist i love using color to create dynamic design to um you know maybe call attention to the focal point in my painting or to evoke a certain mood in a painting and artists have been doing this for a very long time and and even specific colors have come to be associated with certain things so for example in the renaissance like almost every renaissance painting that you see from europe that's of the virgin mary she's wearing a blue shawl and for some reason the color blue came to be associated with her you know and and some of those color symbols are mysterious we don't know quite why or when we started associating those things with certain symbols or people but they're there nonetheless i think that um you know there's two (laughs) two ways of of looking at this you can say color is is it evokes emotion with everybody okay so everyone who sees a certain color on the planet might it might give them an an emotion it's universal symbol or it could be culturally determined so if the color red is associated with a wedding dress in china for example whereas in my country the united states brides wear white That's a cultural difference, obviously, right? But if we can prove through psychological testing that the color red stimulates the appetite, that the color red makes your blood pulse um, rise, then you know that's a a, it's having a specific physiological and/or emotional effect on the person and so of course we can use this in artwork and we can use this in the way we design rooms and 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 putting some real intention in um, 
the way we design things and the way we choose color. So a little bit about the history of this. Uh, you Way back in 1704, Sir Isaac Newton, you've heard of that guy, he created the first color wheel. And he came up with the idea from seeing prisms. So, you know, prisms, a little crystal glass piece that you can put in the window and then the light will shine through it and create a rainbow, right? So he noticed that those rainbows from the prisms would create the full spectrum of colors. Every color that we have is shown in that rainbow spectrum. And so based on that and the Dorian musical scale, he created a color wheel that is essentially, I mean, it's very, it's, it's the color wheel we use today. There have been modifications by different people over the years. But um, on that color wheel, you have, you know, the primary colors, you have red, yellow, and blue. And between those primary colors, you have the mixture of the two. So between red and blue, you have purple because red and blue makes purple, right? So, um, and then one of the things that I use in almost every painting, not every painting, but, but a lot of them, is choosing colors that are harmonious with each other in my paintings according to the color wheel. And there's lots of different color combinations that you can do using the color wheel. Um, and in my book, The Alchemy of Painting, that's the painting how-to guidebook, I go over all of those different basic color combinations that you can use to create a harmonious painting. But um, my, my favorite and one of the most standards to use is the complementary color scheme. And what that means is the colors that are opposite each other on the color wheel are said to be harmonious. It's like they're striking a chord with each other that's very pleasing to the eye. So for example, red and green Christmas colors, those are complementary colors. They're across the color wheel from each other. Um, what else is there? There's uh, blue and orange, my high school colors. Those create a nice harmony and then purple and yellow. So there's so many different ways you can use these three basic combinations. So uh, I use it in gardening. You know, if I choose a flower bed where I want purple flowers mixed with yellow flowers, well, those are complementary colors and they're going to look good together. It's just guaranteed it will. And people who don't know about this, they don't know about the color, the complementary color trick, um, they'll look at a flower bed or a painting or whatever it is that's using those color combinations and they'll say, oh, I love this. But they won't even know why. They won't even, it, it, you know, until you know about this secret, it, it, those color combinations, uh, they just seem like, oh, well, that's just good color combinations together. But it really, uh, there is, there's a, a rhythm to it. There's a pattern here that you can use to your advantage. Um, one of the interesting ways, and I've heard about this recently, there was a study that was done of certain flowers that are yellow and purple are oftentimes seen on the roads uh, side by side. And those two colors together can perhaps invite 
more insects, more bees and so on to come and pollinate those flowers so that there will be more of them. And the reason why those two colors um, might together might draw more insects is because they are complementary and and it's funny because complementary colors they're both harmonious they're harmonizing well with each other but they're also very exciting to see together if you put red and green next to each other it's you know pretty vivacious right but if you put red and let's say purple it's it's you know the red and purple because they're closer and on the color wheel to each other it's a little more calming does that make sense so there's let's talk more about the history of this goethe in 1810 um, wrote about the theory of colors a book his book is called the theory of colors and in it he is really the first one that i know of who wrote about how color is linked to emotion. So he's saying, you know, red's linked to anger and yellow to youthfulness or whatever, but it's, he's linking colors to emotion. And then um, in 1942 and onward, we get more scientific studies where these are, you know, psychologists who are trying to prove that certain colors might you know, red might rip your blood pressure, for example, and so on. So there was a famous one done in 1942 by Goldstein, and he was saying, well, certain colors are producing specific emotions, much like Goethe did, but he's, he's trying to scientifically prove it. In 1964, Nakashin uh, did a study about how wavelengths of colors create certain emotions. So um, the ones with longer wavelengths, like red and yellow, will be more arousing. The blue and green are shorter wavelengths, and so those would be more relaxing. Um, In 2005, Hill and Barton wrote about how animals, many animals in nature, will equate red with dominance. So, um, you know, it might be that, you know, the baboon's butt is red or whatever, (laughs) you know. Um, I don't know, is it baboons who have red butts? Anyway, but but there's, they, they came up with a lot of examples of animals who their red um, color scheme in, you know, maybe the feathers and so on and so forth will signal dominance and aggression. And so they were saying, well, perhaps if humans are wearing red, it might signal dominance and, and aggression, especially in sports. So say, you know, the team is wearing red versus the team is wearing purple. Well, the red team um, might be more likely to win if they're just sort of exuding that dominance and aggressive uh, joie de vivre, or, you know, that just sort of essence is like permeating from them because of the colors they're they're wearing. Uh, In 2006, uh, Chan Easy, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's C-H-A-N J-I-Z-I, wrote about how the skin color can might convey a message. So, and he's not talking about like black people and white people. It's not about that. It's about like if your face is red um, and the blood is rising to your face, then 
you are stimulated, um, you might be angry, you might be aroused, so on and so forth. And if you're blue, if your skin tone gets a bluish tone to it, then, you know, it might be indicating that you're sick, that you're ill. So that study is, you know, exploring that and, and how, you know, and even, you know, what if, um, if you're, your face is more flushed and red, it might indicate that you're more healthy. You might be more attractive, right? Hence, we get blush and stuff like that. Those uh, beauty products, because that's what we think of when we think of health. So, taking all of this, now, I, I've got to throw in there that these studies are in some ways controversial. I you know, just did sort of a review of these things um, and was looking online at all these different studies and whatnot. And one of the things that, w- that was popping up a lot is how in hospitals, they will oftentimes choose the color green because of all the colors, these different psychological studies have shown that green has the potential to be the most calming. And so, you know, back, I think it was like back in the 60s or 70s when, you know, maybe um, these first, you know, the one like Goldstein's study and all this had really come come to the top of mind for people, both in hospital world and in, you know, just marketing. I mean, marketing this stuff is so big, you know, how we can potentially manipulate people, <laughs> if you will, with the color choices that we're using. Um, and so, but anyway, in the hospital world, you know, I say if this, some of these psychological studies are indicating that green could be calming to people, why not put it on the hospital while? Why not make an intended decision to create a calm, safe feeling environment? Now, of course, <laughs> if someone is under severe stress because of whatever's going on in their health world, you know, of course, the color of the wall is only going to have so much effect. I feel like that's pretty <laughs> basic common sense, right? But what I was seeing was a lot of um, kind of pushback from some of the scientific people within the hospital world saying, well, we don't have a proof that a green wall will make healing happen faster. So this is all just bowl honky, right? <laughs> Side note, I I hadn't heard the word bull honky in years and years and years. Um it, like since I was a kid in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh and I heard it again recently and I just, just you know, uh, there's something that's very very southern american about it and um so I've used it a couple times since then and it's just sort of funny. Anyway, um so um so some people in the hospital world have said, well, we can't prove that green makes healing happen faster, so whatever, this is all silly. Um, and I say, you know, just step back. All that I would indicate, I, I would um, be advised to do from reading up on all these different psychological um, tests that people have done over the years is to just just use it as a tool as a tool that will potentially help you curb people's emotions and of course if there's a bigger thing going on in somebody's 
life, you know, if their spouse just died or whatever, the color of the wall is only going to have so much effect. Come on, duh. But it can't hurt to use what we know about how colors affect emotion to our advantage. Um, And certainly for myself, you know, if I'm decorating a room, you know, I've thought about how, well, um, in the kitchen, I might want to use reds and golds. And uh, I've got lots of wood in my kitchen. So it's very warm feeling. And, um, and that says yummy food to me. Okay. So incidentally, a lot of restaurants will use the color red because, um, red has been shown to potentially make people's appetite go up. So, um, that, can certainly be used to the advantage of restaurant owners. Uh, one funny little so you know you red and pink, they're very close to each other, right? Um, you know, red pink is just red with a little bit of white in it, right? But um, some of these psychological studies have shown that pink has a much more calming effect than red, and that it even can be used in the locker room of sports stadiums to the advantage of the team, the home team. So what do I mean by that? Um, There are certain (laughs) places in the United States, the University of Iowa is one of them, where the, the people who own the locker rooms they made the the locker room that is for the opposing team, so the visiting team that's coming in and using that locker room, the visiting team's locker room, they painted pink. They painted like like the the lockers pink, the wall pink, the shower curtain pink, everything pink. And they were trying to manipulate the the opposing team into feeling less aggressive to feeling more calm and therefore this would be an advantage to them um which i think i think is funny and i don't know the stats on you know i mean how could you really prove that that would work or not but um but interestingly uh, a guy named hayden fry who was a coach um wrote a book called high porch picnic in 2001 and it's one of the things he talks about in that is why he chose this pink locker room for the opposing team in the hopes of uh beating them (laughs) on the field so um you know that that's pretty it's kind of funny in a sneaky way but um you know again i think this this sort of color manipulation can only go so far but you you can use it. It doesn't, you know, you can still use it to your advantage. One other thing about, you know, sort of the history of color that just, when I started going through all this stuff, I thought, oh yeah, that, that's something I want to talk about, are bulls. So, you know, when they have the bullfights um, in Spain, the traditional bullfights, you have the matador who is the guy who's in this fancy outfit, and then he waves a red flag um, and the idea is that he's waving a red flag to aggravate the bull and make the bull angry, and then the bull will run at the flag and try to try to knock it down. And and this is you know part of the the weird ritual of that tradition. And 
we now know that actually, unlike other animals, bulls are pretty much colorblind. And so it's not the red, that red, the red flags are actually aggravating them. It might just be the movement of the waving of the flag that is stimulating them to chase after it. But I certainly think that the color red can make people feel more angry or just just stimulated, if you will. I, I have an interesting set of paintings where... Um, so the paintings are are intended to be an abstraction of me and another person. Um, and the first one I made a few years ago... And in it, me and the other person were very greenish, bluish tones. Um, obviously, it's not a realistic painting. It's more of an expressive painting. Our skin tones were very greenish blue. And then in a more recent one, I had made our skin tones yellow and red. And I didn't even think about this until I was putting all this together. And I thought, oh, I wonder if this is really showing how I felt about my relationship with that person and you know the health of the relationship and all of that so you know think about ways in which you can incorporate color to your advantage you know say maybe it's that when you come home at night from work gosh you just feel so aggravated from all that's been going on and just you want your home to be a calm space Well, maybe looking at different colors that could potentially help evoke that feeling of calm collectedness and putting those into your decor or into the artwork that you're putting on the walls um, or into the lamps and the shade of um, the color that those lamps are projecting. You know, this could all help you create the mood that you want in your house. Um, let's go back to what our quote of the day by Georgie O'Keefe. Uh, let's go back to that. She said, I found I could say things with color and shapes that I couldn't say any other way. Things I had no words for. And I love that because I do think that there's, you know, there's a reason why you might create a painting as opposed to writing a poem, even if you're trying to express the same thing. You know, Sam's trying to express the sadness because, um, you know, my grandfather just died. Well, I could write a poem or I could write, I could do a painting. But those, those two mediums are really going to do different things. You know, the color and the shapes that we're using in painting are going to say something and they're going to evoke a kind of an emotion that you, you just can't say with words. And the words might, you know, you know, we could do vice versa on this. The words might be a unique form of expression as well. It's nothing against words. It's just that with color and shape, you can say things that are at this gut primal level. And I think, you know, a really good abstract painting, you know, say it's a, um, what is it, Hans Hoffman who made these big square shapes um, and you stand in front of one of those and they really I feel they each one evokes a different emotion but you really have to be there in person to absorb the 
the energy or just just you know really take it in because if you see on a computer screen a teeny tiny little picture of one of um, these big abstract paintings it just is not going to be the same experience as having this vast big shape in front of you this is why I get so excited when I get a big canvas it's like oh you know because when you stand in front of one of those it's just it can be overwhelming right so how can you use color to transform your life your space your artwork I hope that that is inspiring to you if any of you out there, you know, if you if you get inspired by any of these things that I'm saying, please write to me. I'd love to hear from you and know what's resonating with people. Okay, so again, if you want to do the Art Bundles for Good online package, you got to do it between November 12th and 16th. The link is below in the show notes. I welcome you to do that. I think it's a really good deal and I'm proud to be part of that uh, organization that's putting that together. So um, now we can say we are concluding our podcast. This concludes the Alchemy of Art podcast. May these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit. May you be filled with inspiration. May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice.